0: You're listening to KCBS
1: In-Depth. Everyone is facing these huge life-changing moments. The people, places, and issues the Bay Area is talking about. I think it really is important for folks to
0: reach out to people so they can know that they're not alone. We don't know how long all this is going to go on for. And from an emotional standpoint, psychologically, that's a really difficult, difficult thing to grapple with. This is KCBS In-Depth. an election during a pandemic. This November is shaping up to be an unprecedented test of the nation's voting system, so what's being done to prepare? I'm Keith Menconi. This is KCBS In Depth, and today on the program, as election officials surge vote-by-mail systems and harden polling places, we take a closer look at the effort to create a socially distanced election process. Then, in the second half, we'll hear from a longtime election reform advocate about what voters need to know to make sure that their votes do indeed get counted this fall.
1: We all need to be patient and take a deep breath. And most of all, don't despair and don't let anything stop you from voting this November.
0: First up, though, we're going to invite on now Stanford Law Professor Nate Persley, who earlier this year helped launch the Stanford-MIT Healthy Elections Project, aimed at bringing together leading experts to draw up a game plan for this November's election. He's going to tell us a little bit about what they've come up with so far. Professor Persley, welcome to KCBS In-Depth. Thanks for having me. Let's start things off taking a look at vote by mail. It's a topic that's obviously taken center stage in the national conversation recently, with President Trump repeatedly making the unsubstantiated claim that vote by mail invites widespread fraud into the election system. It's a claim that we should say election officials broadly reject. Uh, meantime, though, it is true that expanding the vote by mail system rapidly will be a major challenge for some states. Uh, in fact, you said recently that you believe the nation only has about two more weeks to get this right. So uh, let's start things off. If you could, tell us what you meant by that.
2: Well, mail ballots are going to be sent out in about six weeks, and um, they're going to need to be printed in about a month. So any major decisions that we as a country or individual localities are going to make on mail balloting, those decisions have to be made immediately.
0: And we have already seen that things can go fairly wrong. We saw an example of that in New York. And while many states do have experience with vote-by-mail systems, a lot of states have far less experience. So scaling this up is going to take a lot of critical thought and perhaps a lot of money as well. What are the most important things that need to be done in the next two weeks?
2: So as you said, there are uh, sort of different capabilities in different jurisdictions. Uh, in places like Arizona, where over 75% of voters have been voting by mail, uh, it's not going to take as much effort as it will in a place like Pennsylvania and Wisconsin, which have vote by mail rates historically of under 5% or, or so. Uh, and so for those jurisdictions that don't have a lot of experience, uh, they have, uh, they've got to b- buy a lot of equipment, uh, mail ballot extractors and scanners and sorters and the like. Uh, But they also have to get their processes and technology in place. They have to make sure that they have a very accurate address list for their voters. They have to make sure that they have relationships with the Postal Service so that some of the snafus that we saw in New York and elsewhere don't reoccur in the fall. And so, uh, you know, mailing out tens of millions of ballots uh, makes this a different election than the ones that we're accustomed to.
0: Now, the stakes here are pretty high, and we've seen a case of that illustrated in New York where a snafu with the postmarking meant that a lot of uh, a lot of the mail-in votes were not counted. And uh, weeks later, there's still a lot of confusion. So uh, things could very much go wrong. Uh, How concerned should we be that at a national scale, we might not be ready come November for this?
2: Well, there will be problems in November. Um, what we are asking election officials to do uh, for this election is unprecedented in American history. We are trying to make a wholesale change to the way Americans vote in a four month period of time. And so there will be problems and we should all expect that. The question is what types of problems are we going to have and are they severe enough so that people are going to question the result? And I think that um, you know we should expect delays in counting and so we should right now assume that we will not know the winner on election night, but that we should have to wait maybe as as long as a week or more to figure out who won. But that doesn't mean the system isn't working. It just means that um, these jurisdictions are sort of overtaxed and need to make sure that they have the personnel and processes in place to verify each one of these ballots. I'm most concerned this week about the Postal Service, uh, concerns about their funding and their capacity to deliver uh, and, and receive the ballots, I think is something that's up in the air. But we also need the election officials to start working with the Postal Service so that the the folks who work there can have reasonable expectations about what the jurisdictions will be doing, uh, and to approve all of the mail ballot envelopes and other election communication to make sure that it's done properly so the problems that we saw in New York don't recur elsewhere.
0: Uh, Speaking once again to Stanford Law Professor Nate Persily uh, with the Stanford MIT Healthy Elections Project about the upcoming November election, what needs to be done to secure it? Uh, Moving on from the vote-by-mail question, you have also flagged polling place voting as another concern for the November election. Obviously, in the midst of a pandemic, a lot of the folks that work in those polling places are uh, older and more vulnerable to the pandemic, and that is presenting some staffing shortages. Uh, What uh, what needs to be done to make sure that the polling place uh, places are available for v- voters come this fall?
2: I think we've sort of overcorrected in the debate over election reform toward uh, mail voting and absentee voting, and that not enough attention has been paid to polling place voting. Um, we need to recruit an army of poll workers, uh, particularly in the battleground states. Um, even though there's been a lot of support for greater use of the mail in voting, it's still the case in places like Pennsylvania and Wisconsin that half the voters are going to vote in person. And we have a shortage of people, places, and things, right? we don't have enough people who are willing to uh, and, and able to staff the polling places. We don't have enough suitable polling places because a lot of the polling places that previously had been used are going to be closed down because of lack of ability to have social distance. And we need the things that are necessary to pull off safe polling places. We need PPE for poll workers. We need to make sure that they have all of the um, uh, sanitizing equipment that they need for voting machines and the like. And so this is a very different election, and it requires a different type of effort uh, on the part of election officials.
0: It seems that those would all be very difficult problems to solve between here and November. What could be done to solve, say, the staffing shortage if folks are still really concerned about their personal safety come November?
2: Well, we need to double poll worker pay uh, as a sort of throughout the country. Um, um, We need to make sure that they they. Uh, sort of get hazard pay for the day that they would commit to being poll workers um, We need you know uh, efforts to recruit from uh, city county employees, federal employees, students, Uh, We need corporations to step up both to provide polling places that are safe, but then also to allow for paid time off for their employees to be poll workers. And so we need a a national effort uh, really to recruit people to to serve because, as you said, um, the average age of a poll worker is over 60 years old and they end up being in the most uh, vulnerable group to the virus.
0: What What's your perspective? You've, you've flagged a lot of issues that need to be worked on nationally. Let's bring things back a little bit locally. How is California looking? Obviously, California has a lot more uh, experience with the vote by mail system and California has been taking the pandemic fairly seriously, uh, stocking up on PPE and a lot of other of the uh, resources that are needed to deal with uh, the pandemic effectively. How well positioned is California to uh, prepare for the November election?
2: Because over two-thirds of California voters have been voting regularly by mail, we are better positioned than other states in making the sort of final leap to safer voting this November. Um, as you know, the the uh, governor has um, instituted a policy where every voter will receive a ballot, and so we should expect the overwhelming majority of Californians uh, to vote by mail. There will still be Probably more than a million people who vote in polling places, um, and so it's important that those polling places be accessible and um, available, to, particularly to the vulnerable communities who use them. But I'd say California uh, is better off than you know, well over two thirds of the states in the country to pull off this election.
0: That's a one vote of confidence right there. Well, overall the the stakes of this really are the folks feeling like they have had a fair and honest election. And if there is any shadow of a doubt, this could really cause uh, a lot of problems for the what whoever takes the White House uh, next year. So how confident are you that we can have an election that folks will have confidence on uh, come the day after?
2: Well, I think there's real cause for concern, Uh, not that the election officials will drop the ball and that there's reason for us to suspect um, that there was a problem in the result, but um, the media environment is such that we should expect uh, political actors to cast doubt on the result. Um, especially if it's seen as uh, changing after election day. And so I am very concerned about that, but but it really just depends on how close the election is. There's something called the election administrator's prayer, which is, oh God, whatever happens, please don't let it be close Uh, because when it's close, That's when the sort of fragile underbelly of the system becomes readily apparent, and then every mistake is then blamed for the outcome. And so uh, if it's close, we should expect uh, election night to last into election week. Um, But if it's a blowout, then um, the election officials will be seen as having run a perfect election.
0: All right. So a lot depends on that question. Well, we a lot of work to be done between here and November, and a lot of folks need to get busy. We have been speaking to Stanford Law Professor Nate Persily, who once again helped launch the Stanford MIT Healthy Elections Project. Professor Persily, thanks so much for joining KCBS in depth. Thank you. Listening to KCBS in depth, our weekly deep dive into the events and trends shaping life in the Bay Area and beyond. I'm Keith Mancone. Today on the show, what'll it take to make sure that election this November still happens despite the pandemic? We just heard about what states and counties are doing to get prepared, but what about us voters? What do we need to do to make sure our votes get counted? Well, with so much changing this year, there is a lot to keep track of. So to help us sort through it all, we are welcoming onto the program now Kim Alexander, the president of the California Voter Foundation. It's a Sacramento nonprofit advocating for improvements to the state's election system. Kim Alexander, welcome to the program.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: So, a few basics to run through real quick. Uh, Governor Newsom has signed into law a pretty major change this year. uh, As part of the response to the pandemic, all registered California voters will receive a vote by mail ballot. So, you don't even need to ask for it. It is coming your way if you are registered. Meantime, though, the vast majority of counties will also have in person voting at either uh, voting precincts or vote centers. So, there are a lot of options this fall, a lot in flux. I guess uh, where I just want to start with is if you could. Run us through all the ways that voters are going to have to cast their ballots this November.
1: Well, as you said, we did make a a major decision earlier this year during the pandemic that every registered voter who's an active voter will automatically get a ballot sent to them by their county elections office for this election. And those ballots will start going out in early October but the elections offices are all working now to get prepared for that. So our advice to voters and what they need to do right now is make sure that they're registered where they're currently staying. And a lot of people have had their lives upended because of the coronavirus pandemic. People have moved in with family members. And so the important thing is to re-register where you're living right now, where you expect to be able to receive a ballot in early October so that you can vote in March Over 70% of the state's registered voters did cast vote-by-mail ballots. Many of them sent them through the mail. Others turned them in in person to ballot drop boxes or to voting sites. And those options will be available to all voters statewide as well. And then in addition for voters who want to vote in person or who don't connect with their vote-by-mail ballots, which happens when people move around and change their address, There will be the ability to update your registration at voting sites on Election Day or at some places prior to Election Day and register and vote on site.
0: Right. So there are a couple of in-person voting options. Now, I think for a lot of people, the November election can still feel like a pretty long ways away. But uh, as you noted vote by mail is going to be a pretty good option. And if, if that's what you're going to do, you really want to make sure that the uh, officials know where you are, know where to send your stuff. And so it sort of makes sense to make sure that your registration is up to date now, no?
1: Yes, it's really important for people to update their registration. Or if you've never been registered before, do it now. I mean, the the official voter registration deadline for this election is october 20th but at that point all the ballots will already have been mailed out and if you want to vote by mail ballot at that stage you may not get it in time to be able to receive it and turn it around and send it back in the mail the u.s postal service is is has said that they expect it's going to be a two-week turnaround between the time ballots are issued and the time that voters are able to vote them and send them back in and so you know you really don't want to cut it close i mean what we have learned in california and in other states as well, is that, unfortunately, a lot of people who cast vote-by-mail ballots don't have their ballots counted. In California, over the last 10 years, on average, 1.7% of the vote-by-mail ballots cast have gone uncounted. And it may not sound like a huge number, but it translates into tens of thousands of ballots. It was over 100,000 ballots that were rejected in March. And the primary reason why they're being rejected is because They're not postmarked in time or they're not arriving in time to election offices. So we really want to make sure that people get their ballot a month before the election so they have plenty of time to decide their choices and turn it around and get it back in the mail or return it in person well before Election Day, if possible.
0: Speaking with Kim Alexander, president of the California Voter Foundation now Not exactly new-new for the upcoming election, but it uh, is expanding from where it was last year. The Voters' Choice Act is now, uh, in 2020, expanding to more counties. We actually already got a taste of it in March uh, in uh, Santa Clara, as well as uh, uh, San Mateo County. Uh, Napa County has put it in place as well in the Bay Area. Tell us a little bit about, for folks who are not familiar, what the Voters' Choice Act is and how it will expand or change the options that folks will have.
1: Yeah, we're sort of in this in-between time right now in California. For many years, we had a system where the counties would offer people vote-by-mail ballots. If they wanted to be permanent vote-by-mail voters, they could sign up for that. But they also had local neighborhood polling places where they could go and vote on election day or return their ballots on election day. Now, under a law that was enacted in 2016 and started being implemented in 2018, California's 58 counties have the option of implementing a different vote model called the Voter's Choice Act. And under this uh, process, every registered voter is mailed a vote by mail ballot. And in addition, rather than having numerous polling places open for one day in neighborhoods, there are vote centers that are open countywide over multiple days. And although they're They're not as many as there are polling places. They're open to all voters countywide. So you can go to a vote center and they also offer additional services um, that a, a traditional polling place may not be able to offer. They often have ballot on demand printers so you can print out a new ballot right there. They're networked with the county elections office so they can check your record in real time to verify that you haven't voted already and issue you a regular ballot instead of a provisional ballot. You can update your registration at a vote center or at any polling place. Um, so there are a lot of advantages A disadvantages. They, they're not generally located close to where people are used to being able to vote. So there's a learning curve involved in helping voters understand, you know, that that these options have changed. And then for November, it's changing again. Um, as you said, in March, we had 15 counties that, that did the Voters Choice Act model and the rest had the uh, vote by mail ballot upon request, and you have a local polling place model, the traditional model. And so it's going to really vary from county to county. The good news is that no matter where you are in California, you're going to have the option to vote in person somewhere on Election Day. It just may not be where you're used to voting. And in some places, you'll be able to vote for several days in person prior to Election Day. And in other places, you may only have in-person options available to you on Election Day. Mm.
0: Well, uh, up next, let's uh, dig a little bit deeper into the question of mail-in voting, because as we discussed earlier in the program, uh, the president has cast some doubt on the integrity of vote-by-mail elections. Hey, he suggested that they invite fraud. Uh, election experts such as yourself have said, no, in fact, they are safe. But y- you can kind of understand how some residents might be tempted to see the uh, the, the possibility for fraud just because, you know, we're, we're all used to the notion that things are e- easier to hash out when you're doing it face-to-face. Uh, how can it really be that you can uh, have that level of certainty when you're just putting something in the mail, but uh, you you were telling me that there are actually a lot of safeguards in place. so walk us through those safeguards. What do they look like?
1: Sure. Um yeah, I mean, there you know, it's when I used to have these discussions with my dad about voting by mail and he he didn't like it himself, although eventually he did become a vote by mail voter too. But you know, he said, I think you should have to look people in the eye when you and sign a roster and and you know, and that's there is that view out there. and I'm sympathetic to that. but at the same time, You know, we lead busy lives. People can't always get to, uh, you know, a location on Election Day and wait in line, possibly. Um, So giving voters option is is a good thing to do, making voting more accessible to more people. And it's a very popular option in California. Many voters, even before the Voters Choice Act was being implemented, were already signing up to be permanent vote by mail voters, already more than half the state have moved to this model, so you know what's missing is that voters don't necessarily understand or are, aren't being informed about what's going on in the back end of this process to make sure that that votes are secure. Um, you know the the most thing, the most important thing I think that makes vote by mail balloting secure is that at the end of the day, what you're casting is a hand marked paper ballot. And a hand-marked paper ballot is the hardest kind of voting system to hack. So, you know, when you talk about foreign interference in our elections and and foreign governments probing our databases and trying to break into our voting systems, they can't hack a paper ballot that's been hand-marked by a voter. So I think that it's very robust in that regard. And then some of the features of how Vote by Mail works in California is that when voters are issued a ballot... It comes with an identification envelope that's coded to that personal voter and has their name and their address on it. And the voter needs to place their voted ballot inside that envelope and sign the exterior of the envelope and date it. And they're signing under penalty of perjury. So it's a crime to sign somebody else's ballot. It's a crime to vote more than once. Um, it's a crime to um, to uh, t- take somebody's ballot to, t- to turn in and not turn it in. So you know we do have a lot of legal protections around how we handle ballots, and when those ballots are submitted, the elections office, before they even open it, they are going to look at that signature and that identification envelope, make sure they match up, and check that voter signature against the voter's voter registration signature on file. And if they don't significantly, if they don't sufficiently compare to one another, that ballot is going to be set aside. They're going to look at it again. If they decide that they don't sufficiently compare, the elections office under California law has to contact that voter by mail and say, hey, your signature didn't match your signature on file. We need you to submit a new signature. Or if the voter forgets to sign an envelope, same thing happens. Um, th- they they don't count ballots unless there's a vote, a valid voter signature on that envelope.
0: Uh, one last time I want to remind listeners that you are listening to KCBS in depth. We're speaking today to Kim Alexander of the California Voter Foundation. A couple more topics I want to get through before we close things out. Now, uh, another challenge, obviously, is making sure that the polling experience goes well at polling centers, whether it's a precinct or a polling center. And we are hearing uh, that some counties are experiencing troubles uh, getting their normal uh, polling workers uh, willing to come and uh, work this year. And so there may be some staffing issues there. There may be some long lines because of the requirements for social distancing. So how should voters who are planning to vote in person this time around, uh, how should they prepare? What should they expect?
1: If you wait to the last minute, you will probably be waiting in lines. And, you know, generally we see lines forming uh, in locations where people are showing up at five o'clock. If you're in line and it's eight o'clock and the polls are closing, as long as you're in line, you can vote. But you may be waiting a while. You might want to bring a snack. You might want to bring a chair. You might want to bring something to drink. You might want to bring your iPhone. Um, you know, we're we're trying to. I think there's a lot of creative thinking going on about locations in my own city in Sacramento. The uh, Sacramento Kings, our sports, our basketball team, has agreed to allow. The golden one center to be a voting location and it's filled with seats that people could sit in possibly and have a number that they're waiting to be called to come in and vote i mean the, the the real issue is wanting to maintain social distancing and keep not just voters safe but also the election staff safe while people are indoors um and again our advice is vote early you know use that vote by mail ballot um i should have mentioned earlier too there's a, a service called Where's my ballot that the Secretary of State is offering? All counties will allow you to track your ballot while it's on its way to you and while it's coming back. So if there's a problem with your ballot, you can get notified by text, email, or phone call um, to alert you that there's a problem with your ballot. So there are a lot of protections in place. Um, I really hope that people will take advantage of using those vote by mail ballots and that we can minimize in-person voting. But I know from past experience and voter behavior that people you know, wait to the last minute There'll be a lot of people who may want to register and vote on election day, which is completely their right. Um, but really, if they could, if people could take advantage of early voting, weekend voting where it's available, or even you know, every county election office provides in-person voting op- options during business hours for a month before election day. So even if you don't have vote centers in your county, you can always go to your county election office and get your ballot cast there.
0: Right. So it's just like everything in this pandemic. The, the best strategy is to find the way to do that activity where the fewest number of people are going to be there. And in this case, the best way to do that is to start as early as possible. So uh, very last thing that we uh, got to get to is you have been hard at work. You and your team have been hard at work uh, making some um, a musical accompaniment to this uh, election that we have coming up and uh, you cut a track Uh, tell me a little bit about that and uh, we can use that to end the program on
1: yes I uh, I have over the years made lots of proposition song music videos and enlisted my my music friends here in Sacramento to help uh, produce and record uh, these these songs and music videos and I think we'll get to a proposition song as well this year. There's a lot of material on the ballot to to work with. That's for sure. We have a lot of interesting propositions. But I was inspired to first write a vote by mail song to provide tips and information about how it works and and what people need to do to make sure their ballots get counted. So um, I did put it together. we We only have a, you know a basic track available right now, and we're working on, uh, getting high quality recordings from a number of musicians that we're gonna layer over and turn it into a a nice uh, audio file and and zoom video file that we're gonna put together. So that's gonna be coming in a couple weeks. And in the meantime, I've been busting my guitar out and playing it um here and there on a couple of interviews and at events and stuff, and people are enjoying it. And I think every election you needs a song. So, Hopefully people will enjoy this one.
0: There we go. All right. Well, we're going to bring up that demo track that you've cut so far underneath the uh, outro as we head out for the program. And as you mentioned, uh, folks can head on over to your Facebook site uh, to check for updates as the uh, full version becomes available. As we play ourselves out, uh, we have been speaking today to Kim Alexander, once again, the president of the California Voter Foundation. Kim Alexander, thank you so much. Thanks, Keith. I enjoyed it. And thank you all for listening for KCBS and In Depth. I'm Keith Manconi. Be well. We'll see you next time.
1: But others I don't know who I hold dear when I'm not sure. I just skip to the next.
0: You've been listening to KCBS In Depth. Get every episode by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and other podcast platforms. Visit kcbsradio.com for more news and interviews. We are the Bay Area's news station,
1: KCBS.